Our Lord God gave his prophet Jeremiah a very difficult and dangerous life. For he gave him a harsh word of judgment to speak to the people. Under the leadership of King Manasseh, Hezekiah's son, the children of Israel had gone way beyond any previous generation in their disobedience and idolatry. It was a time for God's wrath. And so God gave this word to Jeremiah to speak to the people. You have forsaken me, you have gone backward, therefore I will stretch out my hand against you and destroy you. Would they be able to escape this judgment? No. The Lord said to Jeremiah, even if Moses and Samuel stood before me, my mind would not be favorable toward this people. Cast them out of my sight. In previous generations, Moses had interceded for the people, had asked God to spare them, and God had listened. Likewise, in the days of Samuel, he prayed for the people, and God listened to his prayers, but that time of intercession was over. Now, how did the people feel when Jeremiah spoke these words? Well, of course, they hated him. Instead of examining themselves and finding themselves guilty, they accused him of betrayal, and he became a marked man, a hated man. And that was not easy for Jeremiah to take. And in his anguish he cried out, Woe is me, my mother, that you have borne me. A man of strife and a man of contention to the whole earth, every one of them curses me. Now we understand that there are people today, young people particularly, who are so picked on and bullied by others that they almost despair of life. In fact, some of them even contemplate suicide because they think everybody's against them and nobody's with them. I suppose Jeremiah would sympathize with them. Every one of them curses me. So people think they have no friends, nobody who understands them, nobody who loves them. Now Jeremiah was despised by the whole nation, but he knew why he was being hated. It was because he preached the word of God as God gave it to him. For your sake, I have suffered rebuke, he says. It was because he was teaching the word of God that he was hated. But he knew where to turn for comfort. He turned to God in prayer. But better yet, he listened to God when God spoke to him in his word. So even better than talking to God is listening to God talk to us. And that's a place where all the bullied and the lonely and the people who feel that everybody's against them, that's where they should turn to the word of God. So Jeremiah says, your word 
was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. So all these other words coming from everywhere else were against him, but this was his joy and comfort. Your word. He says to God, your words were found and I ate them. And your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. Now, I don't suppose that these words of judgment against the nation were the source of his joy. He was thinking most likely, primarily, of the gospel, the good news of God's love for his people that had been passed down from generation to generation all the way back to that original promise of the woman's seed, the promise of the Savior of the world, through the family of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the son of David, the king coming. He had heard the words God had given to previous prophets about the king to be born at Bethlehem. That's what Micah said. The Lamb of God taking away the sin of the world, as he heard from Isaiah, and these words were the joy and rejoicing of his heart. And he says he ate God's word. Well, what does that mean? Well, when you have a piece of chocolate or caramel that you love so much, what do you do? You eat it, you taste it, you swirl it around in your mouth. You linger with it. You want to get all the possible flavor you can out of it. You don't gulp it down without thinking. So that's what we do with the Word of God. We eat it. We let it linger a while in our minds. We think about it. We ponder it in our hearts like Mary. There's a prayer in our hymnal that is used fairly often. It speaks of hearing, reading, marking or taking note of, learning and inwardly digesting the Holy Scriptures. And in this way we embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life in Christ. And that's what Jeremiah was hanging on to, and that's what we can hang on to also. Beyond that, Jeremiah had a special word of promise that God addressed specifically to him. When God first called Jeremiah to be his prophet, he said to him, Behold, I have made you this day a fortified city and an iron pillar and bronze walls against the whole land. They will fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you. For I am with you to deliver you. Now, as Jeremiah was facing the hostility of the people, God repeated that same promise. I am with you to save you and deliver you, says the Lord. I will deliver you from the hand of the wicked, and I will redeem you from the grip of the terrible. So, dear friends, let God's word be the joy and rejoicing of our hearts. 
Not God's word mixed with the poison of human opinion, but God's word after the vial has been removed from the precious. Do not go along with the Christ-hating crowd. Jeremiah says, let them return to you, but you must not return to them. We sing hymn 125, 1 to 4, and notice especially the third stanza where we are told to hang on to that word and put our trust in that word from God. 125, 1 through 4. <laughs> 